Thanks for tuning in to the Beer Mighty Things podcast, your place for education and happenings for all things craft beverage. I'm your host, Kyle Reiner. I hope you obtained some value from our show because, as you know, far better it is to Beer Mighty Things. Cheers. Welcome in to the Beer Mighty Things podcast. It's what you listen to while you brew and, you know, do other things. Uh, Kyle Reiner, your host here. Today, we're going to do something a little different, all right? We're going to bring in a new friend of mine. We're in talking cigars, all right? So being all about the cigar life, Malik Cobb established SmokeEasy.net in July of 2012, which is a, a cyberspace environment created with the mission to provide the global fraternity of cigar enthusiasts with the knowledge, expertise, and experiences of a seasoned aficionado. I used to get the magazine, but I'm not an aficionado. Anato. I can't even say the word. Uh, Smoke Easy <laughs> is the place where discerning smokers congregate for noteworthy cigar news, industry press releases, cigar reviews, and interesting articles. And with that, Malik Cobb, welcome in. How are you? Ah, oh, man, I'm great, Kyle, man. Thanks for having me. This is really cool. It's cool. That the, I think my favorite part is that you're in New Jersey and I'm in Pennsylvania. And we can actually Yeah, man, right across the river, right across the Delaware. It's money. I like it. So you have some initials behind your name. You are a mm -hmm. professional. You are a CCT. What the heck is a CCT? All right. Well, a CCT is a certified consumer tobacconist. And what, what folks need to understand is actually that designation is a non-professional designation. And okay. here's the reason why. Um, there are several different tobacco levels of tobacconists. And, and this certification is through a, um, an academic institution called actually Tobacconist University. Um, that was actually started by a um, tobacconist who actually owns um, a couple of um, cigar shops. You may have known um, uh, one that's in New Hope and they have another one in Princeton, um, okay. a little taste of Cuba. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they started this institution to certify um, tobacconist and there's a CRT, which is a certified retail tobacconist. And that is for certification for folks who own cigar retail um, businesses. And then you have a, a, a certified Salesforce tobacconist, and this is someone who is employed by a retailer. Then you have a, um, uh, you know, me, which is a CC. No, no, I'm sorry. There's another one that is particularly for folks who are in the hospitality industries, um, restaurants, bars, okay. cocktail lounges, um, uh, casinos, um, and that's a like a certified sommelier right. um, tobacconist. So it's a little, it's, it's, it's a different designation, but then you have somebody like me who I don't own a retail place. I don't own a lounge or a bar. I'm not in the industry, but what I did was, is I decided to pursue the certification because I've been an avid cigar enthusiast for my God, since college. Yeah. Um, so, well, we're talking over 30 years now. Okay. Um, so I chose to, to go the route of doing, of getting the designation because I wanted to add a little bit of credibility to what I'm trying to do, particularly with educating folks on cigars. Yeah. So I, I took the time to study and, and do due diligence to really understand what, you know, the origin of cigars is about the manufacturing process um, short of actually making a trip to Nicaragua or Cuba or Dominican Republic or Brazil or any other of the um, cigar making countries and really spending time at the factory, which I do plan to do. Um, but just to get as much knowledge as I possibly can, because I've, I've accumulated a lot of knowledge just over the years of being an enthusiast. But I thought I want to take that and actually maybe formalize it a little bit. Uh, so that was the reason why I pursued the, the, the CCT. That's super cool. Now, how do you even find out that CCT exists? Just kind of um, because because being, you know, being an avid cigar smoker and understanding what um, what cigar retailers need and also understanding that the, the difference between certain cigar lounges and cigar retailers who don't have a tobacconist on staff, you can really tell the difference. 
um, you know, walking into a cigar shop where you just have somebody who works there versus someone who is a, who is a tobacconist who can really get into understanding, you know, what is it that you're looking for? Where does your taste profile lie? Um, you know, what's the last thing you, you, you smoked? Um, what do you not like? What do you like to pair with? What do you, you know, what, what types of food do you eat? What types of beverages do you consume to really understand the consumer? Um, so I saw that there was a difference there. And then I started to learn that, well, the difference is that some cigar shops have tobacconists and others don't. Um, and then I, and then I started to, you know, say, I started to, I was just a little curious about that process. And I'm like, you know, what can I do formally? I mean, I have all of this informal cigar knowledge and education, but is there something that I can take that'll, you know, that'll be a little bit more structured. And that's when I chose to, you know, I found out about being a CCT, which was perfect for me. So I'm like, great. I don't own a retail shop, nor do I have aspirations right. to, but this would be perfect for me. And boom, I, I just went on and did it. And and it's been great. I'm, I'm glad I did it because it, it again, it, it adds another layer of credibility to what I'm trying to do, particularly with my cigar coaching. And also, you know, I, I, I want folks to understand that I take this shit seriously. Yeah. Um, I'm not just, you know, I, I'm, I'm not just your average enthusiast. I really take it seriously. I'm very passionate about cigars. And when I teach, I want that to come out in my teaching and my coaching and my writings. And when cigar companies send me cigars, they understand that, okay, this is a guy with a discerning palate. He's serious about it. You know, hey, we're kind of curious to, under, you know, to, you know, what do you think about this new blend that we're putting out? You know, we'd like your feedback and then I can provide that, that, that actual feedback. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. I was wondering if like your, you know, your buddy's like, man, you don't know what you're talking about. And then you're like, all right, you know what? I'm going to get certified. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, you know, it's funny. I, I, I haven't had that. And I mean, and you know, this, this is, it's, it's a, it's a continued learning process. It's interesting. I, I there's a, there's a guy, um, um, who is a, uh, blender, uh, master blender. Um, he used to work for um, La Aurora. Um, he worked for um, Oya de Nicaragua. Um, he worked with um, a couple of companies. His name is Jose Blanco. And I, I affectionately call him El Profesor. And he has been in tobacco all his life. And he will tell you, and he's uh, at minimum a decade older than I am, maybe even 15 years older than I am. And he will tell you that he's still learning. And he was raised on tobacco fields and wow. will tell you that as your palate continues to evolve and as you start to really understand the science behind cultivating tobacco and creating cigars and manufacturing cigars, you always learn. So I, although I started smoking in college, I'm still learning and my palate is still evolving because the shit that I used to smoke Five years ago, I don't smoke anymore. Like what used to be my go-to wow. cigars for many years, I, I'm not digging them anymore. And I'm like, I'm moving. My palate has evolved um, and I'm not pairing my cigars like I used to. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's, it's a continued evolution with this thing. So I will never know everything. I don't profess to know everything. I'm just willing to share the knowledge that I have and whatever I can't answer, whatever I don't know, I'll get the answer and I'll get back to you on right. it, but I will find it because, um, you know, I, I have a lot of resources, you know, at, at my disposal where if there's anything that I don't understand or, or things that, that I really need to know, I can certainly go ahead and, and, and do that and, you know, get that knowledge. There's so many parallels here with, uh, cigars and, um, you know, I would just say alcohol in oh, general, yeah. right? the more you learn about them and even just in books and life and, and personal development, like the more you learn, the more, more you realize how much you don't know. Yes. Yes. Isn't that wild? Yes. That you summed it up, brother. That's it. That's so, it. So we just end it right here. <laughs> we, can end it. we can end it right here, man. You just, no you, way. Kyle, you just shut it down. Cause that is, that is the absolute <laughs> truth, man. That's the absolute truth, man. You realize how much you don't know. It's like, I, I feel like, wow, I do have a lot of knowledge. I have a lot of knowledge to share. And then I realized, shit, I really don't know anything. And, um, and, and which is one of the, the, the reasons why, you know, on my list of things that I must do is I have to go visit a tobacco factory. I need to spend time. I don't have any aspirations yeah. to create a cigar. 
Um, my wife always, you know, tells me that I should, but that, that's a, that's another laborious process that I would need to really dedicate the time that I don't have to right now to do so. But what I do feel I must do is I really do need to go down and spend a few weeks on the farm to really see, uh, because I know the process, but I haven't experienced the process. And I'm talking everything from seed to when it leaves the factory to come to the United States or, or being, you know, when it's going to the distribution house, like that entire process, I want the hands on experience and knowledge of. So that's, that's one of the things that's on my list. And when I do that, I feel like I have arrived. (laughs) (laughs) So when you say, you know, the factory, do you have one in mind? Is there a country in mind? Is there a place? Is there a factory you want to see a person you want to meet? Um, well, there's several, uh, I'm a, I'm a Nicaraguan fan. Um, right. so I would love to, to take a trip to, um, to Nicaragua and visit some of the factories there. There's, there's a number of factories in Nicaragua I'd like to visit. Um, but also, um, you know, I, 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 I would love to go to the Dominican Republic. Um, as a matter of fact, um, because I have, um, a couple of, um, friends in the cigar industry who are cigar makers, who okay. actually, um, you know, their cigars are made out of the Dominican Republic. It's probably low-hanging fruit for me to just link with them and just say, you know what, on your next trip to DR to check in on your um, on your supply or to check in on your new blends, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to try to tag along and, and go with them and really um, immerse myself in the process, just as they've done, you know, yeah. with, with the cigars that they've created. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's super cool. Again, just like you mentioned, you know, you can learn all you want, you can smoke all you want, but until you actually sit there and do it, it's like reading a book, right? It's taking in all this information, but if you don't put it into action, you're not going to retain it nearly as well. I went to, you know, I went to um, Cigar Aficionado um, annually has their big smoke event in um, Las Vegas. And I went two years ago and one of the um, seminars, because this one is different because they, it's, it's for an entire weekend and they do actual educational seminars. And one of the seminars was rolling your own cigar. Okay. And I realized how hard that shit is. Oh, my <laughs> God. I, you know, to, to imagine that there's folks who literally roll hundreds yeah. of cigars a day. It took me forever to roll one. And I'm looking at in, Indiana Ortez, um, is, who happens to be a um, roller, young um, um, woman out of uh, Dominican Republic. Um, she is absolutely fabulous. Um, and, uh, you know, learning from her and rolling my own, I still have the cigar in my humidor. I will never smoke it, one, because it's probably terrible. Um, but two, <laughs> it's just um, like a nice little piece of memorabilia That's of true. my uh, first attempt at rolling a cigar. It looks horrible. God, it, it looks absolutely <laughs> terrible. I've been to, to weddings in New Jersey where there's a cigar roller and he's, you know, he bags out, you know, a hundred and, you know, an hour or whatever. Right. And, 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 and here's the thing, how many folks at that wedding light it up right away? Everybody. Yeah. Wrong. They should Wrong? not. If, oh, absolutely. Well, how many, do. how many do versus how many should? Uh, no, they shouldn't. That's the problem. If it, and, and I've seen it time and time again, these guys get cigar rollers at the, yeah. at the uh, wedding. Everybody's like, Oh, fresh rolled cigars dude you do not want to smoke a fresh rolled cigar really so when i i go there and i enjoy watching the 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 roller and he'll hand me the cigar and i'll say thank you and i'll put it away i bring it home i put it in my humidor and i let it rest for a few weeks maybe even a couple of months okay let it get acclimated it needs it it, uh, the cigar when it's fresh rolled is way too moist yeah. And, and, and it hasn't had a chance to really let the tobacco sit. It hasn't had a chance for the, 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 um, the tobacco to really blend yet and acclimate to the humidity that it needs to be at. Hmm. So taking a you know, cigar that is fresh rolled is not going to do you any justice in terms yeah. of really enjoying that cigar. Hmm. Shit, man. I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Most people don't know that, yeah. man. So everybody's like, dude, why aren't you lighting up the cigar? I'm like, I have other cigars in my travel case that I'll light up. I'll smoke with you. But the one that that guy just handed me, I'm not smoking it yet. I'll, I'll bring it home. I'll smoke it later. Nice. All right. You mentioned the word blend and blender a bunch of times there. Mm-hmm. And so talk to me about that blending process. Is it the leaves? Is it different types of flavors? Are there, are they adding flavors? Like, tell me about that. 
Well, it, it, I mean, adding flavors, there are such a, you know, there is a um, such thing as infused cigars um, and there's a market for it. Um, but, but cigars are intended to be natural. They're not supposed to be adding anything to it. Um, the, it's the leaf itself, a fermented cured tobacco leaf. And it's a blend of leaves because every country um, that um, that cultivates tobacco, the content of the soil, the climate, and all of that play a huge role in the flavor profile of that particular tobacco. Um, so tobacco from Ecuador is going to taste differently from Brazil, which is going to taste differently from uh, Nicaragua, which is going to taste differently from Cuba and from Dominican Republic. All of them have distinct, and then there's different types of seeds that all have distinct flavor profiles and different profiles in, in, in the type of, um, combustibility, um, which is the reason why some leaves are used for the wrapper mm. while some leaves are used for the binder and the filler. Um, so, it, it's it's and and the reason why I actually like Nicaraguan cigars so much is is because I think that you have a, a lot more of a variety of blends because there's four major growing regions in in Nicaragua. Okay. Um. So anytime you can smoke a Nicaraguan puro, which is basically a, a puro, is is a cigar that is made with the when the wrapper, the binder, and the filler components of the of the cigar are all from cultivated from leaves from the same country. Okay. So, but because you have four major growing regions in Nicaragua, mm. it allows for a little bit more play in terms of blending and, and different nuances and different characters and different flavor profiles. So I kind of gravitate towards Nicaraguan cigars because of that. A little more complex. Because um, they're a little bit, yeah, a little more complexity, a little bit more robust, um, more strength. Um, which I prefer. I have a very heavy palate, if you will. So I like I like very full body, full strength um, cigars with lots of you know pepper, um, um, heavy on the cedar and woody side, really earthy. You know that's sort of where my palate lays versus something that has a little bit more sweetness or anything like that. So. You know, so that, you know, that's that's just where my palate has sort of taken me over, you know, the years that I've been smoking. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So you keep mentioning uh, Nicaragua and I looked up, yeah. you know, my favorite cigar. My, my go to is a Padron and uh, oh, cl- classic. dude. That's, that's a classic. That's my jam. I walk that's in, you know, unless there's something yeah. new that's out or something they tell me that I should try. I go, you know, where's my Padron? Right. And, Where's your Padron? Yeah, and then I just yeah. looked it up. You, you you can't go wrong with a Padron, man. That, that's a, that's a classic, man. Yeah. It's it's a it's a staple, absolutely. And that's from Nicaragua, so that's interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rest in peace, Jorge, uh, who who left us a couple of years ago. Okay. So, yeah. Right. Do you remember your first cigar? <laughs> My very first cigar was not a premium cigar. It was <laughs> actually a machine rolled. Um, piece of shit that you would find in any convenience store. And I'm, you know, I I shouldn't say piece of shit. That's, that's not cool. (laughs) I I take that back. I take that back. It's not because there's a market for those types of cigars. Um, And there's folks who enjoy them. Um, So I I shouldn't say it was a piece of garbage, but my very, very first, my very first cigar was a non-premium cigar, meaning that it's not handmade, hand rolled. Mm. Um, and it was Swisher Sweet. Yeah, there you go. They had the tip on it though. No, no, that no, that not this. No, the Swisher Sweet that I had was didn't have the tip. It was about a dollar twenty-five for <laughs> like a pack of five yeah. that you can get in like any Seven Eleven or yeah. or uh, any convenience store. Um, but I was in college. Uh, come on, man. I was I was a, you know I was a black and mild broke ass college student. Black and mild. That was my once in a while at campus. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, so that was the first cigar I smoked. And I really, I really, you know, I enjoyed it. I was in college. I think I was in my junior year of college um, because I had an older fraternity brother whose father was a pipe smoker. And so was Mm. my father. That's that's actually another story why I think I gravitate, why I'm such um, an avid cigar smoker today. I think I think I owe it to my father who was a pipe smoker. But 
Um, so I enjoyed that during college, but once I, you know, entered the professional world and moved out and, and, and started making some money, my very first premium cigar was a Avo number nine. Okay. That was my very first, uh, premium cigar that I was very proud. And I said, I'll never, you know, um, revisit those mass market, um, um, non-premium cigars again. I, I have evolved. There you go. You learned, you learned what else was out there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Nice. Do you buy boxes mm-hmm. of cigars? Actually, I don't. Yeah. I typically don't. No, yeah. because um I because I'm very non-committal. Well, same with me. It's like I'm going to get yeah. a couple different styles, exactly. different sizes. Yep. Um, I'd rather get I'd rather get a few five packs or maybe even a ten pack, but I um I typically don't buy cigars by the box. I've yeah. been gifted cigars by the box, right. which is great. Um, but I typically will not buy a box. I will buy, I will, I might purchase a hundred cigars, but it'll be a whole bunch of five packs Sure. because I, because I, I don't know what I'm going to want on any given day. Yeah. Um, you know, I wake up in the morning, I, I enjoy um, cigars with coffee in the morning. So I might wake up and be like, <sighs> I feel like this one. Yeah. Okay. And you know, so I, I, I'm, I'm very noncommittal. So I, I don't, um, and I enjoy so many cigars that are on the market right now. People typically ask me, you know, what's your favorite cigar? Yeah. It's the one I'm smoking at the moment. <laughs> it's That's the one right now. Cigar. It's the one right now. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I do, of course, have, you know, brands that are standout yep. for me that like no matter what comes out of that portfolio, it's going to be a fabulous smoke. And I know it. Um, Can you tell but, me like um, two of those brands? Oh, well, Padron, yep. hands down. Um, to me, AJ, anything that AJ Fernandez touches is gold okay. in my book. Okay. Um, and, and, and interestingly, I love the um, collaboration. So there's other cigar companies that have collaborated with him um, to um, make certain blends for their portfolio. And although I won't smoke their cigars, I will smoke that one cigar that they collaborated with AJ Fernandez. Right, right. Um, sure. He he kind of he kind of puts his um, thumbprint on on his tobacco. So mm-hmm. it's it's you kind of know when you're smoking a Fernandez. Um, also, I think my father, my father's cigar out of Nicaragua is an, is another company who um, they put out quality sticks. I, I haven't had a bad my father. And my old tried and true is um, Oye de Nicaragua. I, I love anything and everything that has come out of Oye de Nicaragua. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. So if somebody wanted to uh, try their first group of cigars or something, like do, you would say, hey, go find a cigar shop and talk to the person there versus going online and ordering? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it'd be fresher. You go on, yeah. I, I think if, especially if you can go to someone, you know, where somebody knows what the hell they're talking about and can, I think it's really important that a novice smoker actually go into a cigar shop and get the experience of being walked through the humidor and talk to the person there. Let that person spend some time with them to walk them through the humidor, show them what they have, really get to know where their palate lies mm-hmm. because not every novice cigar should be started. Not every novice cigar smoker um, would want to start out with the mildest cigar that's on the market. Right. Um, you know, if, you know, you're talking about somebody that has a pretty heavy palate that likes really spicy foods that, you know, likes really peaty scotch Sure. You know what? Maybe you know what you probably could tolerate a medium, medium to full body, full you know, medium to full strength cigar, as you know, as an introduction. Um, I mean, my introduction to scotch was one of the pettiest scotches yeah. that's on the market yeah. that I you would not typically introduce a newbie mm. to scotch on, but they you know some of my friends started me on Bowmore. And ever since, uh, which is an Isla Scotch, mm-hmm. and ever since I, I drank Bowmore, I was like, "Oh, I, I am a Scotch whiskey drinker now, man. This is this is nice. incredible." But I wouldn't start a newbie out on that shit. So the same same thing applies for cigars. You know, you you really need to walk somebody through. Um, so a newbie, I wouldn't say go online and 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 go to an online retailer that has thousands of cigars and you know um um in their inventory and and allow them to try to figure out what lane they should they should 
you know, yeah. go, go to. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend As that. As you mentioned, it's, it's so important that, you know, the, the person, you know, behind the counter, uh, the shop owner is, you know, obviously they're knowledgeable yeah. and, you know, they ask the right questions. Is that, you walk, same yeah. thing like now you walk into say like Wegmans or something. And there's, you know, if we're talking mm. beer or spirits or, or, you know, wine, there's thousands, right. And you just look at them. You're like, I don't know what the hell I want. I don't know where to start. <laughs> you need someone to help guide you and, um, you know, right. help have that, right. have that person, you know, give them three options. Try these out. Let me know what you think. You know, right. I've always right. found Come on that back. cigar yeah. shop owners are super helpful. They are, mm-hmm. they want you to have mm-hmm. a good experience. They want you to come yeah. back. And again, yeah. you know, we'll get into, you know, pairing with drinks and stuff, but you know, you like a certain drink at a certain time to have a certain experience mm-hmm. and same thing with a cigar, mm-hmm. right? It's like, right. You know, why do you smoke cigars if you're not inhaling them? It's like, it's not about that. You know? it, thank you. It's not about that. Thank you. Exactly. You're welcome, Malik. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I, I can't tell you how many times I've said that to folks. You know, it's like, you know, you don't inhale it. It's, you, you know, let it sit on the palate. It's, it's the, you know, it's the taste of it. It's the experience. It's, um, well, it's, you know, it's being it's, in the it, moment. It, it, it touches all. Yes. And it touches all of the senses, you know. It's just chilling out for a minute and slowing down. And, hey, we right. don't have to run and go there and do that right now. It's. Exactly. Let's sit, let's, let's exactly. chill and listen to the birds or something, you know? That's it. That's yeah. it. That's it. And folks need to realize it. It really does tap into all of your senses, you know, the taste, the aroma. Um, and, you know, especially when you retrohale your smoke and you blow the smoke through your nose and allow those receptors mm. in, in the nasal epithelium to, to, um, you know, pick up some of these subtle nuances of the flavors that you're not going to get just from taking in the smoke and blowing it out. Um, but then also your fingers, when you pick up the cigar and you're looking at the cigar and you're admiring the aesthetics of the cigar, mm-hmm. how it's rolled and you're running it through your fingers and you're looking at the wrapper and the quality of the wrapper, you know, it's a silky, um, you know, um, um, you know, wrapper oily or it's dry and kind of rustic looking, you know, a lot of veins or, you know, no visible seams. You're just looking at the construction, looking at the foot. And, you know, taking the time to, you know, you know, taking the aroma of the cigar, taking in the aroma from the foot, then clipping it, you know, that whole process and that whole routine, that ritual is part of the experience that you have to take your time. with. And there's so many different shapes, there's so many different sizes, there's so many different wraps, like it's, you know, yeah, it's a lot to learn. It's fun. It's fun. It's absolutely, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you got, you got, you got to, you know, you got to do a little bit of foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't jump right in and just clip and light the damn cigar, man. A little, little foreplay is okay. I like it. I like it. That's It'll enhance the experience tip, a little better. Tip of the day. <laughs> might, might even help your marriage out there, people. It might. <laughs> Listen, I've been married 26 years, dude. Nice and, you know, hey, guys. <laughs> I'm on 10 years. Crazy. Oh, wow. Crazy man. quick. Wow. Yeah, man. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, your coaching. Uh, yeah, online you have, you know, you coach. Tell me about that. Yeah, um, well, I started that a little while ago only because um, I started to notice that because of my knowledge, you know, again, I, I never professed to know any, uh, uh, everything, um, but I, I do know quite a bit. Well, we can, hear, we can, we can folks, hear your passion, right? So when you're passionate about something, yeah. right, yeah. you're going to be People a great know, teacher. Yeah. And, and people, you know, typically they'll ask me, you know, a lot of questions and, you know, it all came from, I've, I've noticed a lot of newbies and even some young folks who are like, you know, I'm entering the professional world now. I just got, just landed a big job and all my boss and all of the executives like to go and hang out at, at the cigar lounge on Thursday nights or Friday nights. You know, I kind of want to hang with them, but I don't want to embarrass myself. You know, I I, I don't know what to do. Um, And I started actually getting a lot of questions about things like that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm just going to start doing um, coaching and and I can do, you know, individual one to one sessions, one to two sessions or a large group. So I've done individual with, um, you know, two people. um, But then I've also done education with a group of like 25 folks. Um, and, you know, and, um, you know, and, and really just take them through and it depends on what it is, what level of, of expertise they need. 
um, what level of experience they have. So I can, I can really do a cigar one-on-one for the newbie who has never touched the cigar. As a matter of fact, about, well, it's actually about a month ago now, I, I did a cigar course for a group of 10 women um, in Glenside, really? PA. Uh, yeah, and seven of the 10 had never smoked a cigar in their life. And that was their first time smoking a cigar was at the class. Um, and it was a woman who had just become a new member and um, of the cigar lounge and wanted okay. to introduce her her friends and got them all together and was like, I'd like to do a course with my girls. And um, and I did a course. I did a cigar one on one course with them. And it was absolutely fantastic. So that's, that's yeah. So that was, you know, sort of uh, the, the history of me actually getting into, you know, doing the whole coaching thing. So I can do it, you know, for the, you know, the basics. But I can also do a course for those who are seasoned aficionados who are having trouble with their humidors, mm. you know, so help me with the maintenance of a humidor seasoning, you know, and, and you know, I'm running into all of these problems. I can't keep my smokes the way, you know, in the environment that they need to be in. They're not properly humidified. You know, they're drying out or they're too moist. I'm getting mold, mm. you know, all these mm. other kind of issues that come with having a humidor. So I can I can tailor a course for those folks that really talk on an advanced level about humidor maintenance. So it, it's a spectrum in yeah. terms of um, the education that I can provide, but it really depends on what the consumer is looking for, you know, and what type of education they need, and I can tailor it accordingly. That's awesome. That's super helpful. I mean, especially you know, mm-hmm. we were on a, I was in a Zoom meeting yesterday. Uh, I'm on the alumni board for my college, and mm-hmm. you know, the marketing department. We're talking. We were talking about. <clears throat> you know, we're talking about helping kids get internships. We're like, it's fine mm-hmm. if, you know, they have a resume and they want to go compete for the internship, but they have to nail the interview. Like we got to kind of back up a right. minute here, you know, we got to right. get them there. You know, they could get to the door, but where they got to get through the door. How are we going to help them? So, right. you know, as you're right. mentioning there, it's like, we got to prep you a little bit here. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I remember in college, mm-hmm. we did a business class and they sent us to a dinner, showed us where all the, you know, the, the forks and the spoons were. Yeah. And they gave us, yeah. they freaking, they start us off with French onion soup. We're like, <laughs> man, oh, oh. oh man, but it was good, right, you know, but right. it was better to get that then versus walking mm-hmm. into an important meeting and then, right. you know, feel like a dummy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the last thing folks want to do is, is, is be embarrassed by, you know, not knowing how to clip a cigar properly or lighting the wrong end of the cigar or, you know, just smoking it and inhaling it and coughing up the lung. (laughs) And, you know, they just don't know how to light it properly. It's burning all crooked and, and, and off kilter. Yeah. Folks don't want to be embarrassed. So they want to know how to do it right. So, you know, that's, that's, that's certainly where I can help. So it's been great, you know, doing, doing the coaching has, has been fantastic. And it's, it's something I prefer to do live um, with a group, but, you know, even with this, um, or face to face, I should yeah. say, but, you know, in this, uh, COVID environment, you know, it, it, it's still viable to, to do it, um, online. Yeah. I just had somebody who just reached out to me who wants to do a, a coaching session, some, someone from, um, Houston. Okay. Um, so, um, she's awaiting some, um, details to give me. So I'll be talking to her about doing a virtual coaching course. Um, I'm not, I don't know how large the audience will be, yeah. but, um, you know, we'll, we'll figure it At out. At least that, you know, the online platform gives you the opportunity to go, you know, nationwide, worldwide versus just yes, locally. Exactly. That's cool. Exactly. Let's let's hop into maintenance real quick. So okay. I have a cigar. I paid nine dollars for it, thirteen dollars, whatever. It's mm-hmm. burning crooked. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Okay. Well, first of all, if it's burning crooked, you might want to check yourself and figure out maybe you didn't light it properly to begin with. Okay. So, you know, someone who um, you know, or it just by virtue, people have to also understand cigars are handmade yep. um by humans who are, you know, have flaws. And while, you know, 99% of the cigars may be perfect, the hundredth one may not be. Um, so, the, you know, it could be something, you know, um, it, it could have just been rolled improperly, which is the reason why the burn was off. But nine times out of 10, folks aren't lighting the cigar properly. So they're not taking the time to toast the foot of the cigar with the flame. Um, and it really should not be touching the flame. You allow the heat to ignite the tobacco at the foot of the cigar. So mm-hmm. some people like to, you know, put a cigar in their mouth and they put the flame right on it mm-hmm. and they're charring it and they're just burning it. And, um, and, and you, you're actually burning it. You're, you're igniting it too fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is one reason why it could lead to an improper burn 
Um, so, you know, people need to ask themselves too, well, maybe I didn't light it properly, but another cause could be either it was too dry or it was just too moist. There was too much humidification. So if it's not stored properly, um, you know, it's very possible that, that your cigar will act accordingly. Okay. Now I've seasoned a humidor before, but I guarantee it needs to be re-seasoned. So, you know, Uh Wes, the whole uh, distilled water, right? Or, you know, yep. this was a while yep. ago, so I don't know if there's any new tips you might have, but uh, say, yeah. say you seasoned it once, I guess, quick, quick couple minutes on how to season it and then what to do to reseason it. Maybe it's the same process. Well, first of all, seasoning it, and, and, and I can't give you a quick tutorial on how to season, but I will tell you this, because I know we're limited on time. It, it, it's very, it's imperative that any humidor has to be seasoned. Also, you have to understand that the cigars that are sitting in the humidor, it has to be maintained at a certain temperature, which is also dependent on your home and your climate where you live, yeah. but also the humidity level. Um, you, they typically say 70 degrees, 70% humidity is sort of the, the benchmark. Okay. Um, there are some rules that, that can be applied to that um, because I typically like to keep mine a little bit on the drier side. So I actually prefer to keep mine between 65 and 68%. And the temperature in my home is generally around 72 degrees year round. Yeah. Right. Um, but it's imperative that you season the humidor and have a good working hygrometer in it, because despite what your environment is, you really need to know what the environment is within that humidor. So you just can't get a humidor, season it, put your cigars in and leave it. it, it it's going to change as you add cigars, as you take away cigars, mm. the humidification within the humidor is going to fluctuate. It's going to change. As the weather changes, it's going to change. I find myself having to maintain my humidor a lot more during the fall and winter months Not as and pay a lot more attention to it than during the spring and the summer. During the spring and summer, it seems to be on autopilot for me. But fall and winter, I have to continue to, to maintain the humidor and, and baby it a bit to keep my cigars right. So, so that's, that's if, if I can leave you with anything or leave the listeners with anything, start with that. But then, you know, there are different, definitely some nuances and some different ways to season the humidor. Um, you know, you can use boba the packs, which are really easy um, to, to do and really take the work out of it. But I'm a purist. So I like the old school way of really seasoning um, uh, my humidor that generally takes about 48 to 72 hours to do yeah. it properly. Yeah. It took some time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about your humidor. So how many does it hold? What's your I have I have I have three humidors, three desktop humidors. I don't have a large one. Um, I'm looking at a space on my wall currently because um, there is an area that I literally want to cut out of the wall and put a cabinet within the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been on my list of things to do, and I'm looking at the spot right now <laughs> as I talk to you. Um, and also, I have um, aspirations to um, take a um, um, an old um, uh, 18th century trunk and convert it into a humidor. Mm. But right now I have three tabletops um, that hold about 50 um, cigars each. 50, 5-0. 5-0, um, yeah. 50, yeah. Um, and, um, and I keep them maintained. And, and it, you know, there, there's pretty much levels to it. The, the, the most common one that, that I use is the one that I would probably reach into every day. The other one is sort of medium level sticks, sticks that I really don't smoke too often or sticks that if someone, you know, wants a cigar when they come by, you know, I might reach in that humidor and give them one of those. And then I have another humidor with a bunch of stuff that I've just collected over the years that I really don't smoke them, but I don't want to give them, I don't, I don't want to get rid of them. Um, So I I maintain that humidor, you know, just to keep them because I never know when I'm going to revisit them. But, but that's typically how I, how I, how I keep my humidors, but I have three. Okay. What if I didn't finish my cigar? I paid good money for it. It's about halfway done and I want to come back to it later. Toss it. <laughs> really? It'll never be the same. Yeah. It'll never be the same. It, it, it won't be the same. I'm not, I'm not one to, to promote relighting. Uh, you know, I mean, well, okay. Let, let's, let's put it like this. If you're out and about and you have a cigar tube, like, you know, yep. cigars that come in a humid tube, and you smoked it and it's like, ah, oh, you know, we're in a rush. You know, we got to go meet the, you know, we got a dinner yeah. reservation or whatever. I, I definitely want to revisit it after dinner when we go take a walk around the park. Mm-hmm. Okay, put that cigar back into the tube and you can relight that later. But to bring it home, definitely do not take that partially smart, smoked cigar 
and put it back into your humidor. Right. It'll, no. it'll, it, yeah. Yeah. It'll, I'm talking it'll, like it'll, same day. Destroy it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Same day. You know, if you, if you can put it into something like a tube that'll keep it maintained um, and won't, you know, tear up your wrapper or anything like that, then by all means revisit it, but don't smoke a cigar with the plans on revisiting it a couple of months from now. What it, I had, it'll, it'll be terrible. Yeah. What I had done, you know, I had this question, you know, and when I was, you know, learning how to smoke cigars and stuff and, you know, so say you, you put it out and you want to go back to it, you know, put it back in your mouth and instead of, you know, sucking in, blow it out and it would blow the ashes out and then mm-hmm. you relight it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, that, that's, that's an excellent practice. Absolutely. Blow it out, you know, so that you can try to get as much ass off the, off the, yep. um, off, off the foot as possible, you know, tap, 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 get a lot of the loose ash off before you relight it. Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. I'm doing something yeah, right. <laughs> absolutely man yeah uh, you're not a newbie <laughs> <laughs> i got some experience i do you know that's, yeah. the, that's the thing too it's like you know i have little kids and it's like i want to smoke a cigar but i don't i don't have you know maybe the full hour i want you know to just really enjoy mm. it so it's kind of like yeah. either you're getting a smaller one or you're just not doing it um yeah so. well let's talk about pairing yeah. uh i saw recently mm-hmm. you know you can pair with beer you can pair with stouts you know you can pair with spirits yes. and all sorts and recently i saw you post that for the first time in a long time, you were pairing your cigar with cognac. And I was like, well, that's kind of a common thing. Why isn't he doing it? What's up with that? Um, Because I I haven't had cognac in over 10 years. Um, I have a a very close friend and fraternity brother um, who has a uh, new cognac that's on the market. Um, And, um, you know, I I wanted to try it out. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a shot and see what it's like. Um, because, but my, the reason why I gravitated away from cognac is because I, it it was, I was sipping cognac with my cigars and enjoying it. But then I got into vintage port for a while and we're talking many years ago. And then I really started doing more port with my cigars than anything. And then I transitioned to whiskey and I've been, I've been in the whiskey lane for quite some time now. So I primarily pair my cigars with either coffee, which I've always enjoyed, coffee with cigars. By far, to me, mm. coffee is the best pairing with a cigar, hands down. Interesting. Nobody can touch it. Fight me on it. I never would have uh, thought of it. So that's, <laughs> thank you. Oh, absolutely. Oh, man. That coffee with a cigar, is, 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 that's an experience. Okay. Um, but I stayed in the whiskey lane for some time. I, I started messing around with the single malt scotches. Um, with the um, um, Irish whiskey. I really enjoy Irish whiskey. And then I started moving into the bourbon. So I've been playing in the whiskey space for a long time now. So I just, so I haven't even touched port in a while. I haven't touched cognac in a while. And I do fool around with, with the beer pairings too. I'm a, I'm a big stout guy. I love stouts and porters. Yeah. Um, but that was the only reason why I, I kind of moved away from the cognac. It's not that I don't enjoy it. Um, I've just found other things um, that yeah. I really enjoy on my palate. And I'm into rums, too. So I, mm-hmm. I love aged rum uh, with my cigars. So, so I, I, I've been playing around more in that, in that lane than, than you know, than, you know uh, mess, messing around with cognac. So that's the only reason why. And then I really realized when I got the bottle of cognac, um, you know, uh, a few days ago, I'm like, holy cow. Damn, <laughs> it's been at least 10 years since I actually yeah. sipped on some cognac. And I remember yeah. the day. Uh, and who I was with, and and I was actually drinking um, Remy XO um, at at a bar that was closed for the evening. But the you know the bartender was really cool and let us sit there and you know at the bar while they were closing down yeah. and and gave us our Remy XO for like ten dollars a glass versus thirty dollars a glass. And we <laughs> sat there and, and drank it um, all night. But um, yeah, that was like minimum ten years ago. So, but yeah, I I I I, I do enjoy the cognac pairing. It was it was nice to revisit. Did you miss it? it? I don't, I can't say I missed it. It was it was an enjoyable experience. It was nice yeah. to 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 revisit that. It really change was. Of pace a yeah, bit. it was a little change of pace for me, which was which was pretty cool. So for that reason, I really did enjoy it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about proper cigar etiquette. I just know, like, don't blow well, it on my face, man. <laughs> yeah, that's one. Don't don't blow it in your face, right? I mean, there, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of sort of cardinal rules to cigar smoking. 
um, you know, etiquette is, you know, first of all, that their, their cigar lounge etiquette also, also you know, mm. you never enter, uh, you never go into a cigar lounge without purchasing or what we call blessing the humidor. You know, you don't walk into a cigar lounge with your own cigar and plan to sit there for three to four hours to watch the football game, but smoke your own cigars. You have to patronize the business in which you're going to be enjoying the experience and the atmosphere. So bless yeah. the humidor. You know, definitely. People do that? Huh? Oh, dude, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. People walk in and go into a lounge and don't purchase anything. You know, I mean, and, and, and a lot of retailers, you know, put signs up, you know, that tell you, yeah. you know, if you want to, you know, either the lounge is members only or if you're not a, a member, you know, you have to, you know, minimum purchase of 10 or $20 a cigar and you can then go in and sit yeah. down and enjoy the lounge. You, you shouldn't have to tell somebody that. It should be intuitive that if you're going to sit down in somebody's lounge and enjoy your spirit and watching the TV and enjoying the game and enjoying the camaraderie uh, camaraderie of of, of the other folks that are in there, you should at least, I mean, that, that guy has to turn the lights on. Yeah. He's losing money. If you're just sitting there, he's losing money. If you're just sitting there, exactly. So that's, that's like probably the, the, the number one, um, at at the top of the, uh, um, etiquette list, if you will. Um, there, you know, various things like, um, you know, about extinguishing your cigar, you know, Mm. this is not a cigarette. So when you finish with your cigar, you shouldn't, don't be mashing it in the ashtray. It, 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 that's the worst thing to do when you, you know, mash a, um, a a lit, um, cigar into the ashtray and you mash it down like that. Um, it's, it's going to create a really putrid odor, um, Mm. that, uh, is not going to be enjoyed by the folks that are surrounding you. So that, you know, let it die a natural death. When you finish with the cigar, let it rest in the ashtray. It will extinguish itself. You don't have to rush it along. It doesn't take long either. And it doesn't take long. Exactly. Which is the reason why people like us, like now, you know, if, if we were smoking cigars while we were talking, I probably have to relight because I've been talking so much. When was I going (laughs) to put the cigar in my mouth? So it doesn't take long for the, for the cigar to extinguish itself. So that's probably another, you know, um, you know, another one at the, at the top of the, um, etiquette list. Um, another one is, um, 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 use your own cutter. Um, you know, it's, and, and don't lick your cigar before you use a cutter. Um, a lot of folks will, um, think that by licking the cigar or the, um, um, the head of the cigar that it makes it cut better. That's bullshit. Learn how to cut a cigar properly. Um, (laughs) but a lot of people will go into a shop, they'll go into the humidor, they'll pick a cigar out and say, yeah, I'm gonna smoke it right now. And there's a tabletop cutter there. And then they'll lick the cigar and put it in the cutter and cut it. Dude, nobody wants your fucking germs (laughs) from your mouth. That's sitting on the same cutter that everybody else has to use. Don't do that shit. That's how COVID started. <laughs> you, you know you're probably right. If there was an out, if, if anybody knows of any COVID outbreaks in any particular cigar lounges, I guarantee you that's probably one of the ways uh, that it got there. Um, but yeah, you know, and then also, you know, don't lick cigars and then ask other people, you know, to use their cutter. And speaking of that, another another uh, uh, part of uh, the etiquette is if you're going to be a cigar smoker and you want to go out and enjoy the experience, get your own tools. You yeah. don't have to spend okay. a lot of money. Get your own lighter, get your own cutter, you know, um, you know, get a nice little travel cigar case. You don't have to spend a lot of money, but at least come with your own tools. Um, so, I mean, and, 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 and also share, you know, don't, don't be, you know, don't be the stingy dude. Um, you know, it's, it's okay to share cigars with other people. When you, when you bless other people, you get blessings back. Um, so, you know, don't be shy about, uh, you know, you know, if somebody there doesn't have a cigar or, you know, if you're in an environment, somebody doesn't have a cigar, but you have three of them, share your cigar with, yeah. with, with somebody, you know, um, and, and, uh, you know, trust, you know, you, you will be in a certain, you know, place, uh, at a certain event or something like that, where, um, you know, somebody's going to bless you tenfold, exactly. um, you know, in return. So, you know, just, just little things like that. I mean, there, there's so many, there, there's a, uh, an exhaustive list of, of sort of the do's and don'ts of cigars, but those are the top ones that, that, that really, you know, come top of mind, yeah. um, in terms of, um, you know, some, some, some etiquette, because those are probably the most common things that I see on a daily basis. What's your preferred method of cutting a cigar? You got, you got the regular cut, you got like the triangle, mm-hmm. you know, you got a punch. Yep. Yep. Um, it depends on the head. Okay. Um, sure, and it like really a... depends on my mood. Um, you know, one that has a more cylindrical, um, head, I'll typically do a, a, um, a guillotine cut. Okay. 
Um, typically, some cigars I do like to do a cat's eye or V cut. Right. Um, and um, there's um, like CAO has um, 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 one of their uh, front marks is the CAO flathead, where literally it is a flat head. Mm. Um, it's not a cylindrical um, um, head of the cigar. It's really flat. And cutting it could be a little bit of a challenge if you're not really cutting it because there's really no shoulder for you to cut at. Right. You can damage the the the, the wrapper. It, it might unravel on you yeah. if you don't cut it properly. So I I like to use a punch cut with those. That makes sense. I keep mm-hmm. a punch in my golf bag, and people are like, "What?" Yeah, they never. A lot of people have never seen it before. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're handy, easy yeah. to, you know, stash and. You know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very, very. You put it on your keychain, right. and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So it depends on what I'm in the mood for. I have a tabletop cutter uh, next to my uh, humidor, and when I pull out a cigar, sometimes I'm like, ah, I'll do this one in a V cut. And I just do it. So that, that I, I typically don't have any rhyme or reason as to why I selected the cut that particular time. Yeah. It's really a mood. Do you see any like drop off, you know, as, as people are aging and, and are there less smokers coming up? Like how do, or, or are young like college kids like now still interested? I think the young folks are very interested. Okay. I'm starting to see um, a lot of youngsters um, college age or fresh out of college that are really getting into the cigar culture. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely seeing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not, not just in the lounges, but, um, you know, just even on social media and these, are, and these are guys who they should be taken seriously. Like they, they're seriously, you know, um, avid enthusiasts who are really, you know, looking to learn, um, not just about the culture, but really, you know, understand what smoking cigars is all about. Um, and they're really true enthusiasts and they're not doing it just, you know, to be clout chasing or to, you know, try to look cool, mm-hmm. you know, uh, on Instagram or anything like that. Like they really take it seriously and they really enjoy, um, the experience and enjoy the taste and enjoy the pairings and really, um, you know, um, really taking it seriously. So I'm, 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 I'm finding a lot of, a lot of, uh, youth in the, in the cigar culture right now, which is, which is really great. That is pretty cool. I would say that probably, you know, they might do it for the first time to like look cool, but then they're like, Oh shit, I actually like this. And then they want to get into it. Right. 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 That is true. That is true. All right. Yeah, man. Do you have a, uh, like one memorable experience of like having a cigar with somebody somewhere that is like, Oh dude, I I have a lot of memorable experiences and a lot of memorable experiences because, um, pre COVID I used to travel a lot. Um, so anytime I'm in any city, I'm always visiting a local cigar lounge and, um, and even when I'm overseas, you know, I love going to, to, to cigar lounges overseas, um, you know, Paris, and any, anywhere in France, anywhere in Spain, anywhere in Germany, in the UK. Um, do they do, really do, they do anything different? Do they do anything different than the US? Um, actually, no, they don't. And the cigar culture is so great because when I travel, I typically travel alone because I'm traveling for business. And I can walk into a cigar lounge in Munich, Germany, and get just the same love that I would if I walked into the cigar lounge that you go to in Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, literally, it's the same. And, and I, yeah, I know I look different. Um, and they know I'm American the minute yeah. I walk in there and I open my mouth. But, you know, the, the camaraderie of the cigar culture is one that really transcends that. Um, so it's been a wonderful experience. So I have a lot of memorable experiences, but I will talk about one really quickly. Um, and it was with my son. Um, my son uh, went um, to a um, private boarding school um, for high school. And um, one of the rituals of the graduation from the school is the guys would, as soon as they get their diplomas um, and the ceremony is over, they kind of gather in the courtyard and they smoke cigars for the first time. It is the one time that cigar smoking is allowed on campus where the headmaster and the teachers will not give you any shit about lighting a cigar. And, you know, so yeah, it's, it's a ritual at several of the um, private boarding schools in the country. And my son was like, you know, he, he's, he's known since he was a little guy that I smoked cigars. So he was like, I want my first experience to be that day. So I made sure I had a really good cigar for him. And it was funny because as I met him after the ceremony was over and I cut and I helped him light his cigar, 
he had six friends that were like, Mr. Cobb, you cutting like mine? He cutting like mine? Yeah, yeah. And um, so I'm like, let me do his first. So I got him set up. And then I literally cut and lit the cigars for six of his closest friends. That's and awesome. we stood there in the middle of the grass and all of the students around and the teachers and the parents and everything. And we just stood there and just smoked the cigars and just enjoyed the smoke wafting in the air, looking at these guys in their caps and gowns with, you know, his friends who are going to be his lifelong friends and right. sharing that experience, not just with him, but also with his closest friends. Dude. That's that, cool. That was incredible. That was That's incredible. awesome. Yeah, he'll remember that yeah. forever. That's oh, so forever. Cool. And, and so will he. And, and he'll remember yeah. it and they'll remember it. Exactly. And they still do. And they follow me. Um, and they, they <laughs> join me for my, my live um, 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 uh, show that I do on Instagram live every week. So they, they typically chime in for that. Okay. Um, and I'm actually going to be doing a course for them as well, um, a, a whole group of them. But I'm not doing it virtual. I'll tell them, just hold on a second because this is something I want to do live with them because yeah. so it's, it's, it's a whole group of them. Now it, it went from six guys to about 15. So it's going to be a large group. <laughs> it's going to be a large group. But it's well, I think I could cool. get 15 people together. I, I, I want to get together and do a little coaching session, man. This will be cool. Oh, man. It's on. It's on, brother. It's on. All right. So we could find you, you know, I didn't realize you did an online uh, live Instagram thing every week. Yeah. When is that? Yeah. 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 On, on Tuesday nights okay. um, at eight o'clock PM Eastern time, Malik, Malik, I have what's called, guess what, uh -huh. day, guess what day it is. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. But hold on a second <sighs> because I, I've been on, I've been on hiatus for the past couple of weeks. Um, only because I've, I've had some other um, obligations with um, a, uh, a webinar that I, that I moderate um, um, in a, uh, on my, in my other life on, on COVID-19. Okay. Um, so, and it, and it, it took up my, my normal Tuesday night slot. And I had a couple of um, obligations because of a grant that we were awarded um, from a pharmaceutical company. So I had to, um, you know, uh, fulfill that obligation. So I, yeah. So I, I took a little, yeah, I took a little um, hiatus. And also there was a couple of people that I had in mind that I wanted to get on calendar. So I wanted to take a break so I could just really line up the calendar for the next couple of months. But I, I do it on, on weekly on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. It's called the Smoke Easy Sip Smoke Chat. Um, I go live on Instagram, um, and you can find me on Instagram at Smoke Easy Blog, and that's with one E, S-M-O-K-E-A-S-Y-B-L-O-G. Um, and I typically, you know, highlight um, uh, uh, owners in the cigar you know, particularly my, my initial focus was on black owned businesses in the cigar and spirits industries, um, because there's just there's, there's so many new um, whiskey businesses and spirits, business, rum um, businesses and, 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 and cigar um, boutique cigar brands that are that are up and coming that a lot of folks don't know about. Mm -hmm. And I kind of wanted to utilize the platform to kind of give them a little bit of love and, 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 and share them with the community as a whole. Um, because like to your point, you mentioned Padron. And there's a lot of other, you know, large companies out there, you know, that have, that are, you know, pretty much been staples of the community who have been around for, you know, sometimes in some cases over a hundred years. Um, but what about the newer boutique brand um, that is new on the market that, you know, doesn't have the, the traction that a Padron or a Perdomo or a Hoya de Nicaragua or a Drew Estate have? So I, I'm like, you know what, it'll be nice to kind of bring in some of these younger, newer businesses and give them the platform to kind of share what they're doing. So, so that's, that's what I do. And, it, and it's really cool. I've had some really um, interesting uh, um, folks on there. Awesome. Dude, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm excited for that. Yeah, awesome, man. Yeah. So you have the same. So, so yeah, so there's not one tonight, okay. but I will. I, I resume on March 9th. Okay. Um, and um, but I'm actually having a special Sunday edition this coming Sunday, the 28th, because I'm I'm actually going to be on with a um, cigar shop owner from Kuwait. Um, who's eight hours ahead of us. I was say, yeah. And um, so I can't, it would be 4 a.m. his time. <laughs> so we had to pick a day and a time that kind of works for both of us. Um, so I, I'm doing a special Sunday edition where I'll be going live with him because um, he's uh, someone who has been in the industry for many, many, many years. And the cigar culture there in Kuwait, um, I, you know, I really want to get into um, because um, he, he, he's pretty big on in social media and I like what he's doing and I'm really interested in his business. So I thought it'd be great to, to have a conversation with him. So that's going to be a special Sunday edition. 
That is super cool. All right. Well, we'll promote that. And then also what you and I are going to do is once this podcast mm-hmm. goes live, we're going to get together in clubhouse room. People can join yes, us. Sir. We can almost do a, a smoke sip kind of chat there, do it live. Absolutely. It, open it up for Q and a and have people join us. Yep. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And we can dig a little bit. I mean, I know we've been, you know, focusing a lot on cigars and everything like that um, during this, but, but I, I really want to dig into, you know, the beers. I want to get into some of your knowledge about <laughs> beers because um you know, like I said, I'm, 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 I love craft beers. I love stouts and porters. Um, and, um, and, and I like to experiment with them. I, you know, I like, you know, stouts with, with a high ABV, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not a big IPA guy. You know, last time I had an IPA, I really didn't enjoy it, but there's so many IPAs in the craft beer space right, right now. I feel like I need to revisit them, but I'm, I'm kind of like the newbie with that. I don't know where to start okay. and I'm not certain what to expect. So, you know, it, you know, we, we, we have a lot that we can talk about and we can definitely dig into that in clubhouse and answer any questions and really dig into the whole cigar and beer pairing yeah. thing, because, um, that is a thing. Um, and, and there's a lot of beers on the market that, um, that are really, really, really great to pair with cigars. Awesome. Phenomenal to pair with cigars. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to meeting you and having a cigar with you. And, you know, we're yes, not sir. that far apart. This is really cool. So That's I'm right. glad to have met you. Uh, you're yeah, man. Terrific guest. Thanks for popping on. And uh, appreciate it. Yeah. Dude, cheers, man. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers, brother. All right. That'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. I hope you find this valuable. Please follow on Spotify or subscribe on Apple. And while you're at Apple, please go ahead and give us a five star rating. It helps us get noticed among the craft beverage community there. Thank you. Cheers and beer. Mighty things.